0: Since the Savior found me, pardoned
1: all my sin. I have had the joy and living home within. God is all the shame.
2: Good evening. I'd like to welcome you to the evening fellowship hour coming to you from the auditorium of the Altoona Bible Church. And we just want to pause and thank, because this is Memorial Day Sunday, we just want to thank everyone for those who have served Men and women who have served, have given up their time and their energy and their families to serve and to protect our country and to provide us with the freedoms that we have. And we know there's many servicemen and women who have given the ultimate sacrifice of dying for us, and we're grateful for that, and we're thankful truly for the freedom that we enjoy in our country. So we do want to thank, again, all our veterans for all that they have done for our country and what they continue to do. At this time, then, John Harris is going to come to the leading of the singing of the him the banner of the cross, banner of the cross. <laughs>
3: number. We're going to count our blessings. Uh, we're going to sing a hymn 2624. If you happen to have a hymnal at home, you can sing with us and with the words on the, on the screens. Count your blessings. <laughs> Going on in life, we can always count our blessings. When you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you are blessed beyond your understanding, and we just need to count, count, count. At this time, Sophia and Matthias McClellan, I know them, they're going to come up and sing My Lighthouse. guys. Uh, we're going to sing together now hymn number 7, 780, Oh Beautiful for Spacious Skies. Oh. and you're singing with uh, If Jesus Goes With Me. Is there anything to fear? And the answer is nothing. He's the protector of our soul. We're gonna sing this, protector of my soul. Love oh. Is going to come forward with some scripture reading.
2: If you turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 6, Romans, the sixth chapter, I'd like to read verses 1 through verse number 5. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? knowing not that so many of us were baptized and that Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, but like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection." At this time, then, Sophia McClellan's going to come and sing, Love the Lord. man, Sophia, thank you uh, for those beautiful numbers of Matthias. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2, beginning here in verse number 20. Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse number 20. We began uh, this series last week, entitled The Believer's Union. It's the believer's complete and absolute identification into the Lord Jesus Christ and with the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Last week as we began looking at this, we talked about in Adam and in Christ. Again, when God looks at the human race... When God looks down at the earth in the human race, not divided by gender, not divided by nationality, not divided by citizenship or economic status in society. It's in Adam, the first Adam, that's unsaved or in Christ and that's saved. That's how God sees us. And the only way, and that, that dot there, if you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, that dot is you. That God, in Adam, unsaved, that is you. How do you get from that in Adam position over to in Christ? And there's only one way. It's not by good works, not through some water baptism or, or any religious activities. It's by faith and trust in the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Romans 4, 4 and 4, 5. Romans 6 23 the wage for the wages sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The moment you trust the Lord Jesus Christ your personal Savior you're not trusting anyone else anything else but the gospel of Christ God takes you out of that in Adam position and he moves and places you into Christ and that's the saved position and the only way that that Dot, the only way that you can be moved from in Adam to in Christ is by faith alone. That's the gospel. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. God will save you and eternally secure you from the time of salvation throughout all eternity. But it's your choice. As we've gone through this pandemic, certainly there's one thing that we realize or understand... We should understand that the frailty of human life, how fragile human life is, the shortness of human life, the truth of what James tells us, the truth of 1 Corinthians 15, mortal putting on the immortality, the corruptible putting on incorruption, and that word mortal means subject to death. The outward man, 2 Corinthians 4 16 down to 18, the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Verse 16, verse 18, the things we see are temporal things, the things we cannot see are the eternal things. The moment you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, God takes you out of that in Adam, the unsaved, without Christ, with, with no hope, and God places you into Christ. You have that blessed truth of being in Christ and being with Christ, and as we've been We're beginning to talk about the believer's absolute. This is what we're looking at. This is the subject. The believer's complete, the believer's absolute identification with the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, praise God for this position that we have. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. And what is the point of a crucifixion? The whole point of the Roman crucifixion was what? It was death. Here, God through Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless. And you see those compound words. In the Greek, in the original Greek language, the word crucified with is one word. It's made up of two individual words, the compound word, crucified and then with. It's a co-crucifixion. This specific word appears five times in the Greek New Testament. Here, here's one of them: Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. Before we put it on the screen, do you know the other three places? And then there's another, obviously, another fourth place as well. Do you you know where this word appears five times in the Greek New Testament? Well, we find out and realize if you do a word study three of the times. And you can see on the screen in, in Matthew 27, Mark 15, and John 19. Three of the times it is used of the two thieves who were crucified in the left and the right hand side of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they were crucified with Christ, what happened to them? They were put to to death, they died. The other two times it's found in the Pauline epistles. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 that we read and then Romans chapter 6 verse number 6. It's a wonderful truth. And literally in the original Greek language, whatever appears first in the sentence, that's the emphasis. Do you realize the word I is not first in the original Greek language here in Galatians 2.20? It's Christ. And literally this verse is stating, Christ I have been crucified with. The emphasis upon who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where the emphasis should be. The verb is in a perfect tense in the original language, passive voice. The passive voice means the subject of the sentence does not, does not produce the action of the verb. It receives the action of the verb. So the subject dealing with I, Paul, being crucified with Christ, he, he, he cannot produce that. No religious activity could do that. It, this is something supernatural. God taking you out of, in Adam, identifying you into Christ. I am crucified with Christ. And the perfect tense, the perfect tense speaks of something that happened in the past, but with continual results. I'll give you an example. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, very gospel. Christ died for our sins, completed action point in time. He was buried, completed action point in time. And then he was raised, God in his, again, marvelous ways changes the tense to perfect tense. He was raised at a point in time, what? Then he continues to be raised because the Lord Jesus Christ died once, was buried in the sepulcher once, resurrected, never ever to die again. And our bo- these bodies, read Philippians chapter three. These bodies are going to be fashioned like unto the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Though so we experience death here because we're walking around in mortal bodies Praise God out in eternity, with our immortal body, we're going to live forever. And praise God for that glorious truth, the eternal life that we have. That's Galatians chapter two, verse 20. Well, if you go back to Romans chapter six, verse number six, and if we have time later, we will put on the screen, we're not necessarily gonna start. What is this study about? It is the believer's identification with Christ. So we're, we're seeing words, verbs, crucified with. That's the believer's identification. We've been identified in the death, into the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. If we can later, we'll put on the screen some of these words. And we're not necessarily going to cover every single of these words speaking of the believer's identification, but it's, it's a blessed truth that we need to understand. Why? Because if we understand it, what does Romans chapter six verse four tell us? That we've been raised to what? Walk in newness of life. And here is the other place in Romans chapter six verse six, with the word crucified with. So three times in the Gospels it was a literal crucifixion, put to death, put to death. And in Paul's epistle in Romans chapter six verse six and in Galatians two twenty, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. But it's really not I that's living, it's Christ that liveth in me. Praise God. Romans 6, 6 says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Why? The word that introduces a result clause that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So we have and been identified with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Romans 6 is about and the old man being crucified, Galatians chapter two, verse number 20. If you turn with me to Second Timothy chapter two, we, we've died with Christ. Second Timothy chapter 2, beginning here at verse number 11. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse number 11. It is a faithful saying. Literally, faithful is the word. For if we be dead with him, we also shall live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. And if we deny him, he will deny us. And I'm not going to take the time this evening. Maybe that's a question that you might have. But that denying is not a loss of salvation. That's not not the issue. There's glory out there. Go, go read Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Go read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. The more we suffer, the more there's glory out there. He's not going to deny us of eternal life because we are, I just said, we're secure in Christ. We're secure, secure in Christ from the moment of our salvation throughout all eternity. But 2 Timothy chapter 2, dead with. And you can see on the screen, this specific word only appears three times in the New Testament. One of the times it's here. It's a faithful saying. Faithful is the word, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Some people want to change this, and we'll talk about that in a moment. The word dead with is a compound verb. Together, they, all these words that we're looking together, and the word "doubt" the word to die. Hence, it means to die with, to die together with. 2 Timothy 2.11 is not a reference to some martyrment. That's not the issue here. It does not say that would be changing God's word. And remember, it is a faithful saying. In what we understand and know that the Lord Jesus Christ, the living word, the written word here of God, are both what? Faithful and true. They're faithful and true. It is a faithful saying. And here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, it's a faithful saying for if we be dead with him. Not, not for him. This is not a martyr's death that we have died with him. And the reference here is the fact that it's not dying for Christ. Missionaries like John and Betty Stamm who were martyred over in China in the 1940s. We, we thank God for their service and, and their giving of their life for the very gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is not dying for Christ. It's the, the point is that we have died with Him because we've been identified into the death, into the burial, and into the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will, turn with me and go back to Romans chapter 6 of the scripture reading. The believer's identification with Christ. Why do we want to spend time on this? Because if we would understand this, we have been raised to walk in newness of life. If we would understand who we are in Christ and our complete and absolute identification that we have in Christ and with Christ that should motivate us, that should help us understand of living for the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been buried with Christ. Here again, notice Romans chapter 6, verse number 3, verse number 4. And notice how this begins. Because as you talk about Romans 6 and you talk about God's grace, there'll be people who say, well, you who preach grace, you're preaching a license to sin. God forbid, may it never be. God's grace should teach us. Titus chapter 2, it's God's grace that teaches us how we ought to live. That denying ungodly lusts, that we should live righteously, soberly. We should live for the Lord Jesus Christ. You can read that. Go over to Titus chapter 2, verse 11, verse number 12. pretty here in Romans chapter 6, verse number 3. Knowing not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, conclusion. Stop. Think about this. We've been baptized into his death, and we will... Emphasize this. Romans 6, 3, and 4. And notice on the screen that this specific Greek word dealing with buried with Christ, it's literally a co-burial, only appears two times in the Greek New Testament. Here Romans 6, 4, and over in Colossians 2.12. And we'll emphasize you will see this. We'll go over and read Colossians 2.12. But neither are water. Now there's some who would interpret and say, well, Romans 6.3 is no water, and Romans 6.4 is water. Some would say there's water in 6.3 and 6.4. No, no. The understanding is that there's neither water in Romans 6.3 or 6.4. How can water put you into Christ? It can't. What puts you into Christ is that we have been buried with him. Notice. As you read Romans 6, 3, knowing not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism of death, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And I've been emphasizing that, newness of life. If you want to turn in your Bibles over to Colossians chapter number 2. And in Colossians chapter number two, notice verse number uh, 12. Colossians chapter two, verse number, verse number 12. Verse 11 says, verse 10, and you're complete in him, which is ahead of all principality and power. We're, we are complete in Christ. The word complete means to be full, full, to be filled, full. We are absolutely complete in Christ, in whom also you are circumcised. With a circumcision made without hands. That's not a physical circumcision. In the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism. Well, verse 11 is spiritual. How can you make verse 12 to be a physical, literal water baptism? To me, that's changing the context. And there are commentaries that would do that in verse 12. They would say, verse 11, spiritual, verse 12 is water. Buried with him. Just like Romans 6, 4. Not, not and people want to say, well, baptism is symbolism and you're buried like Christ. That's, that's not, you just change God's word. Romans 6, 4 and Colossians 2, 12 says, buried with him. Wherein also you are risen with him through the faith and the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Because we have, and that's the complete and absolute identification with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to understand, as I just said. Neither of these, in, in fact, let me just show you something. If you will, go back in your Bibles to Acts chapter two. Whereas the word buried with, made up of two words, a compound Greek word, together with and then whatever the word may say, and it's buried. only used and appears only two times in the Greek New Testament. The other word, if you drop off the the word together and you just look at the word buried, appears some 11 times. We will study it. I will give you some of the references here. And you say, what's the point? Not one time, listen to this. Not one of those eleven times does the word buried ever mean buried in water. When someone dies, they're buried where? In the in the earth or in a sepulchre above the earth. And that's where the Lord Jesus Christ, he was placed in a sepulchre. Acts chapter two, verse number twenty-nine. Acts two, twenty-nine. Men and brother, let me speak unto you, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead, and what? And buried in his sepulcher is with us unto this day. He's both dead and he's buried. Where was he buried? In his sepulcher. Not, not, nothing about water. Look over to Acts chapter number five. Acts chapter number five, and notice here in verses six, verse nine and 10, with Ananias and Sapphira. Verse number 6, verse 5, And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down, and he gave up the ghost. He died. And great fear came up on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose. They wound him up and carried him out. And what? They buried him. Then you drop down to verse number 9. And Peter said to her, How is it? Remember, the, these were married couple." And, and again, we're not going to take the time this evening. I'd encourage you to read this. These were not believers who had a lapse of faith, folks. That's what some people teach. I don't believe that. These were unsaved who were trying to deceive their way into the kingdom. And here is the power that Peter had. Remember John chapter 20. The apostles had the power to remit and to retain sin. And so the wife comes. And Peter says in verse number 9, he said unto her, How is it that you have agreed to gather to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them, listen to this, which have buried thy husband are at the door, and they're going to carry, and shall carry thee out. And she fell down straightway at his feet, and yielded the ghost. And the young men came and found her dead, and they carried forth. And what did they do? They buried her by her husband. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 3, verse number 4, the very gospel, this is also used in Luke chapter 16 of the rich man being buried in the earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And you might say, well, wh- why are you spending time looking at this? Again, the compound word buried with Christ, Romans 6, 4, Colossians two twelve. This This is the word that doesn't have the word together with it has the word buried 11 times. And I, I would encourage you, challenge you, do your own personal Bible study on this. Find out the 11 times. If you don't know where they're up here, please call me. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get you that. We gave you several. And, and, and look and study and see. And, and you will see when the burial is spoken of, it's spoken of something here in the earth, a sepulcher. It's, it's never talked about water. And yet people want to make Romans 6, 3, and 4 to, and Colossians 2, 12 to mean water. It is, a, it is a water. What You say, what is it? 1 Corinthians 12, 13. It's for by one spirit baptized into a body the holy, up, upon your salvation. Remember that dot being in Adam. And my dot was in Adam until I was 17 years old. I was raised in religion. Religion didn't have any. They could just say, well, try, maybe, hopefully, you'll get to heaven. But when you're confronted with what the gospel says, that the Lord Jesus Christ loved you, came into this world to die on the cross, but God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Romans 5, Christ died for us. And that by simple faith alone, not faith and good works, not faith in religious activity, by faith alone, when you trust him, God, God saves you. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And then that portion of Scripture in Romans happens. And when the moment you were saved, you, you, you don't realize. It's not an experience that you're taken out of that in Adam position and placed into Christ. But it's a positional change. Your position changed. And if your position changed, what also should change? Our fruit. The way we live for God, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. For I have delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Here is the the gospel. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. He was buried. Where was he buried? Well, not buried in water. He was placed in a sepulcher. Three days and three nights. And then we have his, what? His glorious resurrection. Oh, people just need to understand this and realize the truth. And if you go back to Romans chapter number six to realize the truth of what these verses of scripture are talking about and the glory of these verses of scripture. As you turn back to Romans chapter six, let me just, again, I made mention, of, let me just read you 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit... Are we all baptized into into a body? 1 Corinthians 12 13 has nothing whatsoever to do with water. Whether we be Jews or Gentile, whether we bond or free, have all been made to drink into the one Spirit. In Galatians chapter 3, verse number 26, verse 27, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, by faith then someone's going to come along and change and try to alter the gospel and say, no, it's faith in, in something else. No, you, for as, verse 26, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been put, have been baptized into Christ, have been put on Christ. When you trust the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, this is equal, Galatians 3:27, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, Ephesians 4, 5, Romans 6, 3, and 4, Colossians. Chapter 2, 12, you're taken Adam, in Adam, and you're identified into the death, into the burial, and into the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? That we should walk, walk, walk in newness of life, not for our salvation, but as a result of who we are. As you go back and and follow along here in Romans chapter 6, let me just point something else out. Go back and, and study in the pastoral epistles, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus. We, we read to you 2nd Timothy chapter 2. It is a faithful saying. Four times you will see that phraseology. Here's another, here's another interesting and important Bible study for you. The first one appears in 1st Timothy. It's a faithful saying. What That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners... The last one appears over in Titus chapter 3, and it talks about what? Maintaining good works. Do you see the power of, of looking to God's word and understanding it? God, God didn't place the good works first because that's where the world and, and religion emphasize everything. He placed that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, then when you understand salvation, the last one is what? Be careful to maintain good works. Not for salvation, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not of. It's not from the origin, from the source of any good works. We serve a wonderful God, a marvelous God that loves us, a gracious God. And that by simple faith alone... When we trust him, he saves us and he places us, takes us out of that in Adam position and places us into the Lord Jesus Christ for by one spirit are you baptized into a body. And then we've been raised to walk in newness of life. Notice as we continue reading here in Romans, chapter six, verse number five, we see another words, more verbs. Let's speak of what? Planted together. So it's going to be the verb planted with the word to, together. The specific word only appears this one time. Let me read Romans 6, 5. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Praise God, planted together. Planted together, as I said, is made up of two words. Together and to plant, uh, hence to plant together. It's a compound word. And please understand something. Romans 6, 5 is not a reference to our glorified bodies. He's not talking about the believer's co-identification with Christ in Romans 6, 3, and 4, and then all of a sudden it's going to take us to the future. In Romans, does he speak of the glorified body? Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And then there are five words. Read in verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, foreknow, predestination. He conformed to be the image of his son that he might be the firstborn First born among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he called. So you have the foreknowledge, the predestination, the calling. Those he called, he's also justified. And whom he's justified, them he has also glorified. Did you understand that God already sees the day that we've received our glorified body? And yet today... You know as we walk around in the year 2020, we're not in a glorified body. We have aches and pains. But the glorified body is going to be fast like the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. With no aches or pains, 1 Corinthians 15. It was sown one way, it's going to be raised another way. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It's going to be a redesigned glorified body. Romans 6:5 is not... If you look at Romans 6, 5, it is not a reference to the glorification, the the future glorified body, but it's a reference to the believer's sanctification. That's what he is talking about here. A cross-reference to this verse of scripture would be Philippians uh, chapter number 3, Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death that i may know him and the power of his resurrection where in our everyday life as we live for the lord jesus christ because we cannot live by our own strength we remember galatians 2:20 the verse we began with i am crucified with christ Nevertheless, I live, because the point of a crucifixion was death. Nevertheless, I'm alive. But it's really not the I, it's not the ego, but it's Christ that liveth in me. Christ is living his life in and through the belief. We need to be willing to live for him. Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's not your faith, and I know what the modern Bibles do. I know what the New King James does. Does. I know what the CEV does with that verse. I know what the NIV. They make it be man's faith in Christ. It is his faithfulness. The faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He was willing to come, leave the glory of heaven to be made in the likeness of man, all without sin, that through his death, through his burial and resurrection, through his shed blood, we can have salvation by simple faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray. I pray that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. That you have the absolute assurance of your salvation that if anything were to happen, and again, we're so mindful because we see these staggering numbers in our own country and throughout the world of the death because of COVID-19. It reminds us of the frailty of human life. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior? If you don't, if you never trusted him, Understand, you're walking around in a temporal body, a body that is su- a mortal body, a body that is subject to death. I'm going to ask you a simple question, and you have to look to your heart of hearts. It's between you and God. Where will your death take you? Where will it lead you? Will it lead you to the glorious heaven, absent from the body and present with the Lord throughout all eternity? Or is it going to lead you absent from God and absent from the Lord and spending time in the eternal hell and a Christless eternity? It's your choice. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you have any questions about that, please contact us here at the Altoona Bible Church. Love, love to talk with you from God's word and show you that salvation is by grace alone through faith. And I'm just going to put on the screen, here, here are some of these words. Here are some of these words, these verbs that speak of the believer's absolute identification that we have with Christ. And some of these, we'll we'll put these on the screen again. Some of these we will be looking at in the future. Not all of these, but we just want to, I just, I felt compelled to share this important study with you. Reigning with Christ, glorified together. And the spiritual application is that the believers have spiritual union with the Lord Jesus Christ and because of that union we have with Christ, we can live for him. Go back and read Romans chapter 6, verse number 4. Therefore, we're buried with him, not like him, that we're buried with him. We're buried with him by baptism of death, and like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That that's listen, that's for the believer. That's the message for the believer. The the unsaved only have but one message. And that message that they have is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Do you truly know the Lord? Do you have the absolute assurance of your salvation? If you don't, I encourage you to believe and trust him right now, right where you're at before it is absolutely eternally too late in your life because you can't do this out in hell. You can't all of a sudden cry out to God and say, "God, I should have listened. I should have responded. I didn't. God, please save me. It's too late." This is not the American idea of, you know, going to going into jail and spending, you know, supposed to be sentenced for thirty years, and then after twenty years, you're released because of good behavior. That's not going to happen in heaven, or in hell. That's that's not the issue. It's believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Won't you trust Him right now, right where you're at, and for the believer? Can you live and realize we've been raised to walk in newness of life, to live for the Lord Jesus Christ and to serve him? And I pray that that's your heart desire, is to live and serve the Lord Jesus Christ until he calls us home. Truly, may God bless you. May God continue to bless the Altoona Bible Church. And may God bless the United States of America. Thank you.